Hello everybody and welcome back to the second part of our review of a California Ghost Kings album, Pro Tools Calls of Zion. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady fan Bonnie. This is the Headspace Podcast, the show where we break down new hip-hop albums track by track, giving our thoughts and opinions on every song. Mr. California Ghost King's album is coming out October 30th, unless I'm mistaken, and somebody will correct that in the comments or whatever. And uh, you should watch for that. We'll definitely link to it in the description of this very video once it goes live. But meanwhile, we talked about the first five songs. There was so much to talk about. It took so very long. I mean that. It's been one of our longest episodes in a minute for five songs. It was because, not the badness or anything, it's because there's that much depth to the lyrics that we've encountered so far on this project. Yep. But I also don't want to, like, you know, waste too, too much time here because, you know, we've already done a whole bunch and we're actually a little pushing it on time and availability on our real life end of things. So <laughs> moving in to the next track on the album, Control of the Press. Do it. All right, Bonnie, how do you think about this one? So it sounds like Mario um, jumping in the beat, which is cool. Again, my, my kind of weird things in beats is always fun. Um, and it's it's nice. Like, the overall sound is pretty cool. Um, it definitely sounds like he's upset about um, black people, men in particular in this song, uh, or at least what he's re- making references to. Um, basically who are in like the public eye um, should not be necessarily doing outlandish things like wearing a dress and like in my mind you know this is something that he's you know touched on before um, on this album and in my mind like I'm assuming he's referring to uh, Billy Porter who wore the black velvet um, gown to the Oscars wore a dress Mm, I feel like I feel like this got a lot of uh, media review, or not like media review, but like like media attention um, because of this black gown that was worn at the Oscars uh, in February of this past year. Um, uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, anyways, so I mean, it was it was a very lovely dress. I I mean, I thought it was fine, but a lot of people were all up in arms about it. Um, and that a black man should not be doing things like this for press attention, for media attention, to gain that attention. Um, and I guess, you know, negative or positive, it worked. Um, and basically because like he's saying like you're you're not being true to yourself and you're playing a part, you're playing into what the white man wants, what uh, you know, the public eye, you know, the media attention, like you're sort of doing that and you should learn to control the press in a different way and do different things that are going to not necessarily hurt you or your people or your your fan base or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it's very cool and I respect his opinion 100%, but it's not my opinion. Um, wear a dress, who cares? But um, <laughs> if we want to like just double up on that as a metaphor that your favorite rapper is a whore. And it's yes. like, no, but I mean it more like when you're saying wear a dress, it's more whoring yourself out. Yeah, yes. So I seen your favorite MC on TMZ posing like a G, but he's truly princess in the P, and he may be a trap queen saying he did it for the money and big streams, but I am supreme, and we all need that cream, but the press rule everything around me. So yeah, we all want to make money, mm-hmm. but if your choice on route of making money is to basically make a fool of yourself, yep. which is a lot of the case what it, it looks like. It goes back to the coonery. So, 
or whatever. But in a lot of ways, right, if your goal of wearing a dress is to wear a dress because it's what you think is what you want to wear or whatever, that's one thing. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of people wearing dresses to get media to get headlines. Yeah. And that's kind of whorish. Media whorish. That's why they're media whorish. Yeah. So it is kind of like that. So I don't think it's 100% that wearing a dress is inherently bad although there might be to some level of that but i think it's more doing that kind of stuff for attention is the wrong way to go about getting attention for the sake of integrity but i love that cream and press rules everything around me line like i love that because mm -hmm. cash rules everything around it but now nah, it seems the only way to get the cash is to get that press right mm -hmm. so if you can get control of the press you win but instead i feel like this is subverting that to taking back control of the press so that we can follow suit on the plan of re-educating people properly like we're supposed to because clearly the press is such a powerful and predominant force and it is and yep. it's stupid it's like some of the shit that is like I don't know if you guys uh, have watched a show Designated Survivor on Netflix, but one of my favorite parts of that series was in an episode we just watched where the press secretary guy on that show, who's played by Cal Penn, gives his rant about gossip and what news really is. And if you look at press, it's just gossipy fucking nonsense. Like, yeah. just because you wear a dress doesn't actually reflect anything on your talent, on who you are, on your character. It's just, okay, who fucking cares? And at the end, that's how I feel about it. Like, great but then i also see the damage of it i also see like the other side it tells the message well if you wear a dress you get the headlines that's a that's a message that gets sent out and you might say i don't see it like that because perhaps in your world you know some people that wear dresses for different reasons mm -hmm. but that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about like let's say a drag queen doing their thing in their corner where it honestly isn't outside of rupaul like the most publicized world it's kind of a niche but i just think it's also like just the whole idea like of breaking like societal norms like women got got so much attention when we started wearing pants so why can't this just be like the other it's the women, other way around women were trying to wear pants because women weren't allowed to wear pants even though in a lot of cases it was practical like wearing pants was like there was no good reason for you not to wear pants as an example it was sexist it was suppressive yeah this isn't like men fighting for the right to wear dresses because of no, sexism or whatever this is men styles can change but there's a difference between clickbaiting yourself to get buzz like i get not. it obviously yeah Anyway, so, you know, California goes kings here to bring in the real message, you know, and it's pretty cool. I really like it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, free press, uh, full court press since kicking Cortez. I was never wearing a dress. Press play, press rewind. As we see their Paul McCartney players, uh, all their press is in decline. And I love that, right? Because Paul McCartney does a lot of sellout ass bullshit these days. Doesn't he show up at the the, the fucking British guy Corbin yeah, yeah. just to do random shows? And like, it's all it's all like, yo, I don't respect him. <laughs> you know, like he might be like a well, legend. Well, he did that song with Rihanna and Kanye. I feel like that's also. And it's like, what are you doing? You're not actually getting good press for your moves. You're getting press. There is this weird idea in the world that all press is good press and that's a lie it's it's a real big lie I don't know. scandal works for some strategies for some people scandal is not a universally good thing and if you talk about lifetime value acquisition of wealth 
Scandal isn't a lifetime value move. Scandal is no. a quick win. Yeah. So therefore, you hurt your brand, and Paul McCartney is less famous because of these things than had he been. Like, no, we we're doing all the I don't TV think shit. He's less famous. Absolutely. I don't think his people forget about who he is. I think. I think he's not doing anything interesting to capture new fans, and his old fans are dying. So he's in fact less famous than he used to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he's not more famous than he was. He's not relevant. He's not anything. He's just like a novelty act for old people. Like people want to act like the Beatles are relevant. They're not. They're fading. Their immortal status was a lie. It was. It turned out that they're not as relevant today as they were supposed to be. Because when I grew up, the Beatles are forever. Nah, I'm, I'm not seeing it. I'm not. I mean, I'll disagree. You will. <laughs> but then in 20 years, but when the kids like, don't even know what the Beatles are. I think that. Why is there a documentary about the fading relevancy of the Beatles? It's not a documentary. It's a movie? A movie. Okay, why is there a movie about the fading relevancy of the Beatles? And how it reinvigorated the entire world with this music. In the current world? Yes! Either way, the Beatles <laughs> is fading. The Beatles is not popular now. They are dropping. Because we need more music about love and pot, apparently. Well, the Beatles is full of shit, lyrically. Like, most of their music is vapid well, fake messaging. Well, it's better messaging. than saying about... Drugs and well, I mean, I guess drugs I would is say still definitely included, but like different. No, no, no. Less the Beatles is drugs. The, the Beatles is right in the realms of the type of music I think California Ghost King's targeting. Like I think people act like the Beatles is protest music. It's not. They were coined to it, but you go through lyrical breakdowns of the Beatles. Maybe you have Strawberry Fields forever, but you have more bullshit. Like all you need is love, which is fa false. <laughs> it's not true. It's, it's, it's really vapid. Beatles is vapid music lacking real substance and depth. It was just really revolutionary for the time. The core themes, the fan base, they're basically a bunch of middle-class judgmental fuckers who love the Beatles. Like, it's really not music of the people. It's music of the elitists. In my... Now, in 2019. Okay. I mean, sure, in the 60s, it played a different role because of the culture of the 60s and what was accepted. The elitist, I mean, like, there's hip-hop that's coming out now that talks about, um, like, you know, mentions them and puts in, like, Because when you're comparing like yourself that. to greatness, it's there, it's relevant. But, like, I'm saying, when I go through the Beatles music and I hear what they have to say, I'm going, where the fuck is this depth everybody sees? Where the fuck is this great lyricism of inspiration and stuff? To me, it's as good as Justin Bieber's level of inspiration. It's 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 just pop music. It's just vapid fun pop music. Like it's been a hard day's like night. At the beginning, yes, there was That's that. like a lot of it. And then they did a lot of drugs and did a lot of drug stuff. And then they did like Blackbird. I'll give it to you. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club contradicts me. Okay, what about the rest of it? I'm not gonna go into the Beatles discography. We don't have time for that. Well, Let's get back on to, to this. So, what did you think about it? Well, I was saying that I like how Paul McCartney's press, using press today is not good for his brand, and that it exemplifies, which is what I was trying to say, exemplifies that not all press is good press, and control your press, control understanding shit, you know, and then gaining control of the press lets you kind of sell the imaging of what you want it to be. And then I also liked how he's like slamming homographs down deep the throat of the public, letting their boys be their boy, do 
know, done it. Not Onyx and Preston weak to where their families crest while their own bloodline remains oppressed. These associated keep the good news suppressed, trying to stir up the blind state of unrest. They're so deceitful, hitting fetal people in the hypodemic needles, so I bust the magic bullets because most of these streams be crooked. Same sort of idea, but really doubling down on it. I don't think it's really branching to a whole lot of new in this point. But yeah, overall, I like this track. I think it follows suit in the core themes of the album. It's got a really strong idea to it, and I give it a 4.35 on 5. And I think this music has depth that the Beatles couldn't touch. I'm throwing this. This music is good for society. What California Ghost King is doing is good for society in the way that the Beatles is bad for society. It's the opposite. I think the Beatles music encourages complacent idiocracy in the way it manifests in 2019 because it's not the 60s anymore. And the messages they're saying aren't relevant today. Guys, anyway. you don't always need love. I'll That's just true. say that much, I guess. And I think that we maybe get a lot caught up with distractions on this uh, podcast. Could you give a grade? Yeah. Okay, distractions on this podcast. Yeah, all right. Hey, right, Bunny, what do you think about this one? Um, well, this one sounds a little bit more like trappy almost a little bit. Um, and again, like this was one that I felt like he sounded like on and off a little bit more like Snoop Dogg. So definitely like that West Coast kind of feeling. Mm. Um, it has a super funky beat. Um, it's only a minute and 17, so it's not super long. Um, and basically he's saying that the old guy rappers, um, who just talk shit about the young ones, um, but you're just like sitting around being angry and petty and meanwhile, uh, the true artists are still out there making their art, being who they are, doing what they do, and they're continuing to, to grind. Um, and he's basically just sort of flabbergasted that, you know, like these older rappers that are saying like, oh, you're not doing what, you know, we used to do. Um, you can't see that for yourself. And to, you know, just quit bitching and get out there and do it and do, you know, just don't talk. Like basically, he's just, he's just hearing all this hate and he's like, well, you're not doing anything. I'm doing stuff. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. It's funky. It definitely has a good message, um, and definitely um, kind of reminding to the you know those people that they need to look inwards and judge themselves first and see what they are doing um, in you know today's day and you know not what they did 20 years ago or whatever. So um, I thought it was cool. I gave it a 4.4 on five. I think my favorite part of this track is how as the track like moves on you kind of have this effect take over his voice and it kind of turns into what you would hatefully call auto-tune rap yeah even though or mumble rap which is my least favorite or more term. trap because like very few guys that actually mumble their way through songs charted most of these guys enunciated well, but you couldn't hear it through the effects. And I'm saying that to all the old cats that hated and called this shit mumbling. Because you go listen to a new genre of music with like a drastically different vocal style, and it will come off like mumbling at first. And a good example is throw on death metal. Then go read the lyrics of the song along with the death metal. Listen to the song five times, and it doesn't sound like aimless growling anymore. It sounds like fucking clear as fuck words. In the same way that to a lot of people who even listen to hip hop like this, they can't follow it because they're not familiar with it, but it's actually pretty clear. So a lot of the older cats that want to call things mumble rap don't actually know what the word mumble means. You might not be able to tell. So that's mumbling. 
these guys aren't mumbling they're saying shit often with different accents and like you know you, you could call southern fucking talking mumbling if you're in the north you know we're fucking pretentious and our quick speaking kind of like this but if i were to go up like nobody in the south is talking this quick like all right maybe some guys are but for the most part even the general conversation in the south is at a pace of conversation that isn't this northern speed there's so much of the shit goes into what y'all call mumbling i right. digress that's yep. not the point who mumbles like i want to know who's actually mumbling a couple of them designer kind of mumbled but even then you're able to go i got broads in atlanta you're able to say the words how come oh because you could understand what he was saying yeah right i guess he was baffled bamboozle befuddlement <laughs> in this rap game bewilderment oh, i like a good alliteration point bewilderment's becoming prominent rap moguls sport big breasted whores like ornaments age and that's an interesting point like you got these big rap guys who are coming with these fake ass plastic women you know representing it so you have these age-old legends setting a tone for what the cats are gonna the young kids are gonna follow Age-old tournament between garden serpents and adamant ancients, sipping lean like patience until arraignments have you dealing with liens on condos uh, from mom's basement because your old Jones got them racks gone from what she popped out when you were getting her back blowing. He ain't 18, but little talk grown selling. Uh, TMZ picture tree from your old phone. Now you're an old head and never had a head. Only got mad head because you're angry when you think of a tranny who gave you loads ahead. And for low payments as your old agent ducks your calls with, uh, with your replacement so it is kind of looking at the fact that a lot of dudes is living a certain way the world moved on you didn't adapt and you know shit changes and you're being a hater yep. and that's why the beatles can't be relevant because the world keeps changing and the beatles haven't been a band since 1970 it's weird if they would still be relevant today that's yeah. what i'm trying to convey here <laughs> Um, anyway, I love this song. Um, I like when he goes, look at these distractions tempting me like every day. Look at these distractions. My mind can't get away. No, look at all these distractions. I don't want no more. These rappers are whores selling out their people to get a foot through the door now. And in a sense, a lot of these cats in the 90s, I mean, people act like there weren't bad rappers in the 90s today. Like, people really do act like there just wasn't I bad guess, music. I guess, like, all rap music from the 90s is, like... And we heard all the featured artists on all of those albums. Do you remember when rappers would put whoever's in the fucking room on their album? Yes. I'm just saying, not everybody in the 90s is fucking dope. There was tr trash back then, too. But... I think it's more to the point there was a lot more substance back then and people had some integrity but there was a lot of selling out going on but a lot of those cats who grew up and stayed relevant i guess are setting a tone now where the only way to get into the door it seems is this bad sellouty type stuff everyone's distracted that's another point i thought was interesting the temptation the distractions like if you're going yep. to do this right a lot of these legends, Ken, uh, Kendricks, a lot of these guys, seven years behind the scenes before you really heard of them. Seven years before they really put in any real pop level status where you know who he is. Seven years before Good Kid, Mad City, I think. Maybe Section 80. I don't remember which one of those albums was the seven year point for him. Hmm. So distractions are things like gimmicky sellout moves i think to get you in the door quicker and all the shit you can do to expedite that speed without, without staying committed to your plan to the core foundation to he mentions the ancients you know like to looking back on how you can build forward as opposed to doing cheap shit like fake titty women around you and stuff which is 
You'd be surprised at how many people have told me that in any of my media content, there is a lacking of big-breasted women to keep their interest. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but I have people tell me that if I threw in half-naked women, they would watch my videos. And I'm like, well, that's good to know. Either way, this is my favorite track, I think, so far that we've heard. It was short, concise, the way that it used the auto-tuning effect to further prove the point, how it gradually comes in so you realize you can understand what he's saying at the end, that it actually could be dope bars, but your old ass just doesn't want to learn to listen. Anyway, it's a five on five. It's one of my favorite tracks on this project for Real Reels. And I guess a lot of people are just into brainwashing. I guess so. This is another two-parter. So there's a poem which is like the second half of the six minutes, which is as long as the song, which made me go, why couldn't we have separated the poem from the song on this <laughs> one? That's why. I'll tell you when I get to my grade. And that was the song. Um, I like the song. It comes in kind of strong. They want to kill us. Um, I don't know. They, they want to kill us all in the head. Should have saw. Should have shoot us all till we're dead. Because they're brainwashing, yo. They're brainwashing. So stay watching, you know. And this is fair. It's something I've come to realize. You read a whole lot of books, or worse, you work for a software company in digital marketing, and you look at the tactics that are used. Like you start learning a lot about advertising. Just advertising. Advertising is brainwashing. I mean, gamble. Oh, yeah. So I was playing the new Mario Kart game on my phone. And I realized within, I had to uninstall it because there was a risk I might spend money. I know it sounds fucking dumb and it really is, cause, but it's actually kind of fun. It's a little fun nitty game. But the only way to stay competitive is if you can level up your characters. But they cap all sorts of crap and they design it all just to keep you hooked. They make it just fun enough for the first couple of days that you're addicted to the idea of playing this when you're taking your next poop. And uh, the next thing you know, hours can go by. But really what was bad about this is Nintendo. And at first I saw gamers ranting and I'm like, why are they all mad about this? And then I realized, holy shit. You could end up putting $100 into this game because you're brainwashed into thinking that getting Mario counts. And that's just how video games do it. Music does it too. Everybody does it. It's just fucked up, man. Yep. So, you know, everybody talking like they want to kill somebody, but very few have squeezed tight actually caught a body. That's fair. A lot of people want to talk that violent life, but really haven't done it. Hell, half of the rap of the 90s we reviewed has been guys saying, y'all aren't real, and you talk about being doing this stuff, which leads me to believe, like... Everybody just getting on the mic and saying it. Hell, we're watching Top Boy. Yeah. You remember that scene? We're not talking of the Netflix one, but like in the first two series from like back then, the BBC ones. Then the second series, they started, you see a dude trying to like get a little kid rapping and the kid's rapping all this stuff. And everybody in the room's like, he hasn't lived any of this. <laughs> They're just kind of there to QA the bars to make sure that they sound good enough, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, eating from the tree of good and evil philosophy, ultra MK LSD, supposed to officially be canceled by Congress in 1970 until they convene and seen that a drum machine. And I, I had to Google that Ultra MK uh, thing, and Ultra MK is the brainwashing experiments of the CIA, and this happened. Mm. And guess who brought it up? The fucking cannabis book I'm reading. They started with cannabis and LSD at the same time, but unfortunately, giving people high concentrations of cannabis is not an effective way to extract information because people would get a little giggly and not so <laughs> focused, and it wasn't useful. But they focused a lot on feeding people LSD and doing it. And again, this is true, so it's cool to like kind of see that kind of stuff. But the goal was to be able to brainwash people. And then they gave up on that because they found a much better way to do it. 
music. And music is an effective way to brainwash people. So why bother drugging your population if you can use music to drug your population? Mm -hmm. And if you look at what music has done, music has drugged the population. There is a, a probably a lot of the kids are doing old white lady painkiller stuff. Like it was supposed <laughs> to be old white ladies that did painkillers in the supposed suburbs. Supposed to be us guys. In the burbs, rich ladies, that's who did that kind of drugs. And then rap music brought it to everywhere. And let's be real, I didn't know what Percocet was really except for Future. And a lot of my drug knowledge in the last five years of stuff outside of marijuana and Molly comes from hip hop. And even then, Molly comes from hip hop. Yep. Half of the drugs I know about, and I'm not saying I'm t pop like hip hop. Like slang words like a lot of the time too. I mean, I didn't know that Xanax was like what it really was or what it did and a lot of things until rappers started telling me that they were doing all of this shit and they were listing drugs I'd never heard of and I'm like, this is bad, these kids, you know? Yep. Or they at least brought painkillers out. And so, yeah, there's an opiate epide epidemic today. Everyone's hooked on painkillers, but somehow music made painkillers the drug of choice. That's an interesting thing. Um, and that's why pop music's so trash now. Because, yo, back in the day when, like, pop music was made from actual LSD and marijuana and cocaine, the yeah, music even sounded way, better. Even way back in the day, that used to be, like, like opium dens and stuff like that. So, I mean, people have been using, like, opium. Well, that was not for, like, so common in America. That was, like, downtrodden to the Chinese ruined. quarters and stuff. Uh, there's some there's some real history with that actually again was, uh, the opium dems are in the weed book mm -hmm. because they were correlated together as different things in terms of the prohibition efforts it was weeds banning is largely linked to efforts to control the opium outbreak and people grouping the two drugs together and that's why in the states marijuana is a class a thing because of that dude who made reefer madness and a few other things but the way they snuck through the weed shit was by making it with uh, they linking it to opium in terms yeah. of his criminality and everything it, see, but it, then it they also like, banned all the evidence of researching weed anyway not related to this track so much but yeah. the idea that music was used to push it like conditions walking dead kings to mix dirty sprites with liquid codeine and if you think about how uh, pimp c passed away as an underground king dying off of codeine that's an interesting line yeah. and pills popped to cut speaker box ears on lean children uh kidnapped by cell phone screams snapchat and about dms with porno queens i want to do a side comment on technology i know a lot of people get mad at people for walking around like this and staring at shit but i would like to point out to the world that i almost walked into a wall the other day with my face <laughs> in a book doing the same thing that oh, people yeah. accuse the kids doing now and once upon a time people would have their face in books and were just as oblivious to life yep i agree the danger of technology is real i'm i'm not anti-cell phone like everyone else is i think that's getting some bad shit however snapchat about dms with porno queens gosh i would have loved to have been 16 with snapchat i mean it sounds terrible it would have been dope um it, it was better than msn cameras <laughs> Um, so Chippendale Rap, I've got a book with them in 16th. Anyway, just kind of pointing out a little bit about the brainwashing tactics of technology and media. Industry is not in love with my steez because I suppose these hoes is weak with the mic and must be Billy Jeans. LGBTQT hit the hood so hard that I first thought it was the new EBT. So in a sense, what he's commenting here is how when people finally came out with being gay and whatnot they used it like a social credit in the same way as that ebt which is like uh, the food stamps and shit i guess planned parenthood roots was outmaneuvered on how to make my people's ass bleed and stop be the growth of these black seeds so 
you may question where the hatred of the LGBTQ whatever comes from, but a lot there is a lot of definite ideas out there that that make it clear that make it look like there's a clear effort to get black people to stop breeding whether Planned Parenthood encouraging disproportionately black women to get abortions I mean there's a lot of socioeconomic arguments from a white perspective that justify how it's not racist but I can also understand from the perspective of how for like hundreds of years we basically tried to control black people through like everything that like it's also possible that even stuff like Planned Parenthood's efforts are in a sense population control so the problem with the LGBTQ stuff is that it is perceived in a way where it prevents black men from breeding which is a problem because one of the solutions is to multiply is to have your people grow and it's fucked up that there's so many things being promoted in the hood to keep you from having kids you know like to take away the children it's almost essentially erased black people from the planet whether or not i agree with the lgbtq side of that argument i think it's i see both perspectives but i think that the perspective of hatred that we're seeing here towards it or not hatred per se but the commentary on it has a grounding when you look at the bigger picture of the racism that's happened over the last 100 200 years or whatever yeah um i don't know i'm i'm in the spit that slick rick went with all the laddie daddies turn up and turned off the bacardi under the wheel the pressures keepers they embody slaves on a stylish leash co-branded bugatti sat him depressed and strung out because they can't tell nobody so everyone's fucked up feeling empty but can't really be honest because these are all the brainwashed norms that exist in the hood and how people are like you can't even be honest about your emotion because that's problematic anyway and then it just kind of ends in terms of the song before we go into the um poem part you have any comments that you want to add to all this um i mean overall i just found it sounded like a party beat um it's like pretty hype and pretty kind of creepy at the same time as well but in like my opinion this one could definitely be like a hit and um, it definitely is talking about a lot of relevant things that are issues in today's society. And I think that that's also something that's interesting and can be talked about. I already talked about a bunch of it. And um, I just think it's really cool. And I like that it's making references to kind of older rappers. Um, I think he makes reference to Slick Rick, um, which I mean, I'm always happy to hear when they do things like that, the OG rappers. and, and um, yeah, and then when, like, the song is done, kind of, like, halfway through it or whatever. Um, it's the poem. And then it's, like, yeah, the poem. And, like, it's just sort of, like, it's interesting because you can hear, like, this guy speaking. And it's, there you can hear sort of, like, waterfalls kind of trinkling in I the backwards. this is California and, like, Ghost King speaking. Is it him? I'm pretty sure it's Yeah, him. I wasn't sure if it was him or not. It sounded the same. I think so. Here's the thing. I find he sounds a lot like Urban Logic does in real life when he's talking. So it okay. sounded like Urban Logic was talking. So I just assumed it was California Ghost King. I mean, they sound different when you hear them rap next to each other. Mm. But if you're not hearing them right next to each other, they sound similar sonically, vocal tones and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, they're having that sovereign music movement, right? Um, so it's nice just having like that kind of tranquil kind of sound because like you're hearing like birds kind of chirping, like the water's trickling kind of in the background or gently flowing and it's just nice. Um, and then just sort of like the power of music and how it can be used um, in like the speech. 
Um, and he talks about like different explorations of music and how it's interesting and kind of takes a moment to get on their sort of like speaker box and speak about um, you know his way of thinking and like you know and about his music and how he makes his music and just kind of wants people to to know all of this and um, I mean it's it's really cool it's like it definitely has like a strong powerful message um, like the whole song is like solid well put together um, and I really like this one and like I said I think this one could be a hit um, I give this a 4.75 on 5 so unfortunately we were not given the lyrics to the poem mm-hmm. so I, I I just said fuck it this is too good to not quote parts of it directly and yep. I wrote a whole bunch of it down for us nice um, oh what did I just do touch screens are awesome but sometimes you lose your place in your document give me a second folks um so he goes, music is a science, it's a state of knowing, it is being knowledgeable as opposed to willful ignorance or misunderstanding. This might not be in order. Music is a skill that is acquired by experience, study, and observation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have experience, I study, and I observe. Yeah, musicking. Music is a conscious use of the scale of creative imagination. Music is when this knowledge is used to develop a specific plan to acquire a specific result. And I'm like looking at it and it's almost like music is the essence of culture, everything, project management, name a thing, music is everything. Music is everything pure in knowledge. Uh, I, um, I like the part about how it creates a leader, you know, effective followers emulating greatness. And then he did this little bit closer to the end of it. Fucking thing. Um, where he goes, music is the chronological equation in which the sum equals the present conditions of earthly life. The constant adding of new variables to this equation can cause harmonic relationships. Music is when ideas, thoughts are brought into existence through intellectual, spiritual, and physical effort. Music is when one united group composed of different individuals having different mental, spiritual, and physical characteristics retains personal identity, identity while contributing desirable properties to the whole mutual agreement. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty esoterically fucking dope. <laughs> so music is like the great combining agent of life. And what's really freaking fascinating is I was listening to some Lebanese pop music as it was in C major with a four by four timing. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. So the instruments change, but around the world, pop music is in four by four timing. Why? Because it's the great communicator, regardless of all that shit. I guess so. I mean, yes, there are places where that's not the case, but it's the most accessible timing to the average person who doesn't get music in all cultures. Um, I thought this was brilliant. I didn't think it was 4.75 brilliant. I thought the poem was a 4.5 and the song was a 4.25 as it was kind of playing in that range sonically for me. It's a good track. It's like, so when I say my grades, keep in mind, it isn't, is it like fantastic? This is subjective. Subjectively speaking, I enjoy my enjoyment of the song. Not the quality of its construction and shit. But that poem was next level. So I'm averaging this track at a 4.35. And had they separated it, it would have been 4.25 and 4.5 respectively. Okay. Because I really like the poem. But at the end of the day, I don't know. Like that first song was like a banner. That second track, like distractions. Those were sounds that were really grabbing me more than these sounds are grabbing me. But the content is consi- the content is just so engaging. But that's one part of the element of a song, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess we could move along then to uh, the next one, which is a little shorter. It's not six minutes this time. Yeah. So, uh, strike a pose. 
I like this one as it's like more of that club singly hit feel than the other one that you know when he just comes in that little ghost wasn't raised up in Compton you know but young ghost got it up up in Dino you're just like yeah you know bubs and clips but heads like billy goats and you bow rams over pretty hoes I'm just like yeah that's got that vibe <laughs> strike a pose strike a pose <laughs> you know that just hit me I felt like as far as like a, a hook that hooked me this one really might be one of my favorite hooks plus yep. I think it's cool that he's like yo I'm not from Compton I'm from Dina and I forgot where it was but I had googled it at one point and hold on I'm gonna google it right now so if we do that it's Altadena California that's a different place than Compton because yep, you know like it. I'm that familiar with these hoods and stuff how do you think <laughs> about this song um, this one definitely has like I, I think it's funny that you and I sometimes have like different appeals to different things but anyways um, it's because we're humans because we're humans right um, this one has sort of like an eerie sort of funky beat um, I think that uh, there's sort of like this weird noise kind of thrown in um, I just want to like pull up some of like the, the lyrics because I thought that they were like pretty cool um do you, do you have them? I have them. I'm just looking. Uh, which one do I want to say? All uh, of them. All of them. Like they're all pretty. They're all pretty cool. Um, oh, I went too far. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm holding on. Okay. Everyone's anticipation is high <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So I like that it, they threw in um, like the whole Dina thing. I thought that was fun. Um, just like overall, like I'll just go into the first verse. Hood revolts, choke yes. holes, and taser jolts. We Oof. get jacked for Bibles, dope, hope, and rose gold. Clean, good, hot, dirty, parole, descendants of Atlantic slave trade illegally patrolled and controlled by a state that's de facto because we're de jour off the Petron. These black boys possesses no bars that we hold. And it's just sort of like, like the rhyme flow is like pretty, pretty sick. Um, I mean, it's pretty good on all of them, but that one, I mean, I just thought it was like pretty damn good. Um, and like, I think like he's kind of also talking about like mug shots, I think sort of like overall, like in terms of like strike a pose um, and that sort of, uh, black people, I think he's saying, are you kind of know how to like strike a pose, maybe so that they know how to look like badass or tough in like their um, mug shots. Essentially, like they're just kind of used to, uh, you know, or they are assuming that they're going to be taken to jail and be arrested for something. So why not figure out a way to make your picture look cool because it's going to be online and everyone's going to see it. So I think that that's sort of like what he's kind of talking about, like strike a pose, like for all these things because it's just sort of like so ridiculous um, that this is like a norm for um, a certain type of people, unfortunately. And um, I mean, I think the topic is definitely interesting and hard hitting. Um, I think it's, you know, never a dull moment in terms of like the things that he's talking about. Like there's always like something that's kind of like extreme and controversial that he's kind of covering. And I think that that's really interesting at the meantime, throwing in biblical quotes and like ancient history at the, like, it just, it's just wild. Um, and unfortunately like the beat and the sound effects weren't necessarily my favorite, but everything else I thought was really cool. Um, so I gave this one a 4.35 on five.
Okay. I like the beat and the sound effects. See? But I took it, like, from this is kind of looking at the hood. And, you know, like, strike a pause. I picture, like, the police, you know, you're under arrest or whatever. Or in a gang situation mm. when they use their hand signs and whatnot. It's all striking a pause, isn't right. it? Yeah. And so all these people understand the different poses that you would have to strike, in a sense, to survive in this environment. But I got really distracted on this one. Distractions. And they have no record of all the albums we've sold. I mean, that's apparently something that we've heard about is the level of unrecorded album sales that exist in this world. And let's say you come up to me and you give me your CD and I give you $10 and we have that financial transaction. That's not recorded by any of the people posting album sales. So... There is something to be said about the non-digitally tracked people who still move units in the streets that never got the love and attention they deserve. The people who just like don't know. Like you may have sold 500,000 units on an album and done it through door-to-door sales marketing. And then nobody literally has any proof or anything of it. Does that make it less true? I don't know. That's fine. Now with this new Millie a Millie, we talking more both, which made me picture Lil Wayne's track Millie a yep. Millie a Millie a Millie. Good one. A million here, a million there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings on Wayne, but I do think that song grows on me over time. But anyway, people flash a million, a million for all for show. And then I saw a white black man posting our culture like he a prophet on some Moses Malone. And I'm like, when did Post Malone actually... Like, he got put into the media headlight and people dragged him into that shit like he was trying to do that and i feel like he's a dude who made some music and was like yo i'm just trying to make some music and it sounds like what it sounds like and then everyone else tried to make him sound like he's the face of hip-hop in some way and he got in trouble for saying not like he was honestly he was like i'm not the face of hip-hop like i feel like he tried to distance himself for it because of all of this and i kind of feel bad for post malone that guy is actually kind of talented whether or not people like him, that's a different story. But there's a lot of better examples than Post Malone. Post Malone got famous, sure, but Lil Xan would have fit that real perfect. That dude literally is like, I make music because I fucking hate it, and he's posting on the culture or whatever. But I guess it just works. And I just say that because I guess Post Malone comes up, and maybe there's some details I don't know, but I just have never seen him try to front like he's some representative of the culture in some way i feel it's more people attribute that to him which i don't know if that's 100 percent fair but maybe i'm ignorant on this subject um i don't know i like the verse though it kind of flowed in uh require i feel like it's similar in tone at this point we're still looking at the clones and the way music is being used to keep people on um in the second verse when they put the gloves on you it's an arrest of their opponents the criminal justice system a system where criminals get the justice because got heirs done forgot what it is plus lust no trust gets us cuffed bruised uh, thrust into prisons or bust thrust into prisons walk in the yard stressing because we were just in becoming a muslim or better christian lost to the knowledge of your god yahweh's hebrew israelite children our opponents keeping us caged and whether locked in a big house or the little one under kane sin kin so i took from that like you got a system that's basically trying to take the the truth and shut it down on every single angle lock you up in jail where people kind of realize that christianity might not be the right end result or maybe there's some lies in that you know um i kind of like that last line where he goes abuse of authority illegitimate private gain arrest of opponents proponents to maintain the reign 
So, yeah, we shut down people, power, and lock them up and use our autocratic systems. And there's something to be said about America's war on drugs and its comparison to other autocratic regimes and how they treated people. Like, it's not that different what America did in the hood than what, like, a Venezuela might do to its people. You know, I'm just going to say that. Hmm. Uh, whether or not you guys agree with me, that's fine. Right. I'm not an American. I'm a Canadian. What we did to natives <laughs> is just as bad as what Americans did to black people. Not that we were good to black people. But what we do to natives in 2019 is well, just as I th- bad. I think, I think the natives in America don't get treated any better. <laughs> that's true. But I'm not <laughs> I think as, you can compare apples I, to apples in this case. What I'm saying is Canada, I, I bring up the natives because it's really the easiest thing to point to to go Canada's not better. Uh, it's it's a little harder to find in in my limited easy to point to examples of the same level of systemic racism because I don't know as much about Canada's history on that front as I do about America's history on that front. I just assume Canada because Canada was bad doesn't too. tell any of the bad stories in That's its true. history. And, and on the real, <laughs> we are uh, just the happy guys that come in and save everybody. We don't crap. do anything bad. Obviously, crap. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it, but or I'm saying just I like just. Everybody else. I don't know how much it, I haven't looked into Canada's racism quite to the same level of America's racism. I just know Canada's racist, so I'm less interested in it, which is a weird thing to state. But a lot of us I is think like it's just it was, I think we copy American culture so I, much. I think when it was happening, I think America, I think Canada was either we just didn't have black people, no, and then the ones that we did have, we didn't. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it just wasn't as bad. Well, I don't think we ever had like a war on drugs quite like they did. No. Or things like no. that. Like you know, there are differences in the way our prison system well, works. In terms I don't of think geography, where things are, you know, obviously it's closer I, oh, to like I don't, you know, the Mexican border and stuff. No, we like had that. a lot there's, of racist black with racism, and there's a lot of people here during these times. Like it wasn't like we were innocent. Of course. I just don't think we had a war on drugs quite like we that. We still have racists. They're still existing. Not for real. Quebec has the. I mean, we have the People's Party with Maxime Bernier. That seems just fucking racist. Quebec is inherently kind of not good with its situations. I mean, there's people everywhere. It's not just Quebec. There's people in Vancouver who are insulting Chinese people, and there's people everywhere who are insulting other people, so... There's a difference between insulting people and systemic racism. Racist towards them. (laughs) There's a huge difference between systemic racism and prejudice. Prejudice and racism are not the same. Yes. Bigotry is more of a catch-all term. So I think we often confuse bigotry and racism. So when people, racism has a power element to it, where you need to be in a position of power to be racist. But it's, it's white racist. people that are constantly Well, in racist. Vancouver, China, China would be a justifiable as a position of power in Vancouver to be the actual oppressors of racism. So in Vancouver, modern world today, weirdly enough, China's the majority. Anyway, just saying, it's about power. Who has the power can be racist to the people under them. That's how I understand racism linguistically. I might be wrong, but this is well, what I, I think, understand. Anyways, unfortunately, I still think white people have most of the power. Yes, uh, that's changing. Soon China has the power, in my opinion. I think China's going to make a serious play. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I thought this track was pretty good. Um, I gave it another 4.35. I feel like this album has been bringing forth a certain consistency. Sonically, it's not my go-to hip-hop sounds, but I'm into that faster. I like certain things a little bit more. Um, but content-wise, this is fresh. Like this has got like 
that depth that makes it like impossible to not want to just think about and have deep conversations and whatnot. All right, well, let's talk about the rulers and the peoples. I might be crazy, but I think that this is meant to be a bit of a, a turning point on the album. Um, okay. So here we have like, it's it's more of like, I feel like he's taking a little more of a prominent role here. So rulers and the people just kind of repeated. So it's showing there, there is a, a core fundamental class divide in life. There are mm -hmm. rulers and there are the people. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe this, there are sheep, there are wolves. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's always been this division of people. There's the masses, the ones who want to educate and go and lead those masses. So we have him here going like, give me my scepter and treasure buried under legislators, drunken sailors, you slave labor to work their acres. I draw circles as a creator, like ceiling fans and elevators, because they draw circles. Get it? Like it's the motion, it draws a circle. Yep. Box they made close to catch fans. <coughs> which is interesting because an elevator's boxed in as you, you know it's, it's clever mm -hmm. catch fans like people supporting them hoping to get major made major moral failures but will do favors to get that paper with anti-savers and any day they will slayers tours obscures they're sending judite princes of course and you know you get the sense that it's like uh similar type of shit he's gonna be a ruler he's gonna be a leader with this and come in with integrity everyone's got the desires to it but it comes down to how you get there that determines if you're the ruler or the yeah. people um i heard their financial programs i got the program and got my ass to start drum programming walk with the yahweh ben yahweh's plan i upped my uh poverty to riches program and had a meeting with some germans in long beach screaming at norse norse while speaking in course runes about the goons they spoon with residuals made from blind itunes but now homies and i think what he's saying there is i heard there was ways to make money so i got my shit together so we could do it ourselves in a really roundabout kind of way um, my people are made to sit upon their own thrones, never take loans, but through the speakers and headphones, we water dry bones, build mansions through uncut stones. We are the real shit, decor, and etc. So I think like what this song ends up doing um, is kind of establishing we are the rulers here to lead the people. Right. Which is a bit of a difference because we've spent the album contextualizing the world and the state of things and I think over the next couple of songs we see him kind of take his well, role as the ghost king. Well, I think that he also knows king. that he's the, he's the one teaching them. He's yeah. the teacher. He's the, you know, he's the one in, in front. And I think he is kind of like a ruler. And then it just repeats it a, a lot at the end, and he goes a little, a little fun with it. Um, I like when he goes, these rap devil dogs as females, bitch, may bewitch the people to get played and sent to switch the way the game is being played. Or we're talking rulers and God's people. Who are the rulers and God's people? We're talking rulers and the people. And just kind of repeats it out till it fades out at the end. Mm -hmm. I feel like... There wasn't as much side conversation-y stuff in this track. It was a little more straightforward, a little more to the point. But I, again, I just picture him at this point of the album. There's a story. The rest of this album has been him kind of preaching in a more passive way, him going around the world. And now I just picture him stepping up with like a cane and a shepherd type shape as he's seeing the masses of the different people he's gathered together and taking his role to like teach them and shit. Mm. I thought that was pretty fresh. Um, so yeah, to me that was cool. I thought this song was alright. It's definitely sonically I found it was like, it's alright. Like I, it's not that it's bad. Um, I'd have to be in a particular mood to go through and like just 
bump and like vibe to a lot of the sounds on this album from the right. beats and stuff like it's just not my it's just not my favorite in that regard on the other hand lyrically it's all right too this one isn't my favorite i think this might be the simplest of the songs we've come across so far and i think what's been getting me off is the complexity and maybe i missed the point on this one but i still think it's like a good thing to listen to so i give it a 4.25 yeah um i feel pretty similarly um it, it definitely it's got like some tight rhymes in like the first verse i thought that was great um i found the chorus on this one a little lackluster um, for the first time, considering I thought that most of their choruses or his choruses were pretty good. Um, this one just didn't feel like it It just didn't do much for me, unfortunately. Um, and I feel like even like, having listened to the song a few times, I felt like even he knew that this one wasn't quite like the hit that the other ones are. But I mean, they can all be the best, you know, that's what makes them the best. So this is also another good song. Um, I like his rapping again sort of at the end of the first verse but I found this one just to overall be like less energetic and um, that, that personally in my opinion this one could have been improved on but I just don't know necessarily how um, so I gave this a four on five I think it's just a taste thing yeah like because I'm, I'm going stylistically it's different than the other ones yeah and it's a, I'm having stylistic issues with it which is the part where objective and subjective need to be taken into consideration of course objectively I think it consists fits this project i don't believe it's of the same quality this particular track as everything else on that i think everything else this might be my least favorite one on the album same but from a principle the point of the track i like it for the sake of the album like i feel like there needed to be a song like this around here based on this project yeah. so it, it works and i don't know maybe it's just the hook maybe if the hook had been a little spicier yeah or something I, I don't know i don't know how it could be better that's a weird conversation i guess because i'm who the fuck am i constructive but, criticism but my my enjoyment is that that one is less of the other ones but if i'm going to compare it against a lot of other things i guess it's better it's really well well produced and i can see how somebody else is going you're fucking crazy and some of that other shit you liked is not as good so it's in that realm of stuff <clears throat> it's not like the performances are weaker it really is what do you want out of a song when you're listening to it yeah some people like punk music some people don't um let's check out power of gold this one starts off with a voice i did know um it's ob man black who uh, does the little intro mm. And I thought it was cool because he kind of hypes it up, you know. Sound boy, spin that record. Else we f fire bun down the whole place like Babylon upon a spit. He has a more patois styled accent going on mm -hmm. that I don't know that I can pull off by any means. <clears throat> but he's odd man black. He's representing Bluefields, Westmoreland, Crown City, California, New Mount Zion, Montreal. We're building and we're building with my brothers. And it's cool because I've seen this dude in real life on a stage. And as far as people I've met in Montreal, and maybe I'm misreading the guy, maybe I'm ignorant, but I've never seen Odd Man Black be anything other than the most altruistic, kind, giving, and selfless man I think I've encountered in this city hmm. in terms of music. Like, the rest of us got like more, like a different vibe. But Odd Man Black, he's just so. He's such a humble servant type, like a legitimate, humble guy where 
I almost feel like a guilty person by how pure he comes off when I speak with him. And I don't know if you're gonna watch this up, man, Black, but that's my impression of you, cause you was one of the goodest, bestest people <laughs> I've met in this state. And like, I don't know, for years I, I felt like of all the people. I know I've ran into him a couple of times in the streets, saying someone I just ran into him downtown, and I just I respect his grind, his humility. It's like other people might have to try to be humble. Our man Black just kills it. He just does it so well. Anyway, I guess it's a pleasure to say I've made your acquaintance in life. Yeah. Uh, and then the chorus is performed by Elliewood's Gold. And this was nice. The power of gold. Mm -hmm. And he's vibing to it. It's got this soulful feel. And I'm like, maybe we needed a bit more of that on that album. That yeah. was my first thought. I'm like, yo, a couple more tracks with a girl singing. Oof, sonically, it got me into it. I really like that. I like the juxtaposition of a singy hook with a lady singing and, you know, that kind of rap coming in. That's right. just me. And the power of gold is an interesting thing because we think about gold. Gold once was the gold standard, how money was based on the power of gold, which just economically it's based off of nothing now. So all of our money is based off of the idea that the U.S. economy doesn't fail. Is <laughs> the truth. Um, and then gold just is everything. Uh, it could be representing spiritual wealth. It just represents wealth in a sense, you know? <laughs> and then we got California Ghost King doing the first, first power of gold from my brother's parole because power was off and it couldn't withstand the cold. And through the service roads, it's heavily patrolled. He served it bold on the corner because he needed to get warmer as uncontrolled. You just picture people in their attempts to get powered, maybe being a little reckless with it encountering other kinds of power uh the scholarship then fell through so he had is unenrolled and all the homies he know is rich off a of rap or they gone the maserati pin bullshit is all he ever been on freestyle fellowship and woo up in his headphones baby mama bought the business and been strong give birth to his son another one about to come and she's still about to carry little man across the town no stroller she was bitching over it but he wanted to curse her but it's and i'm like is he kind of rapping about himself, how he went down the bad path, found a proper woman, got kind of, you know, his kids coming out and, you know, got a little focused and through the power of this woman that grounded him or something. I wasn't 100% sure that's what oh, his verse. Oh, maybe. Do you, not, do you not feel like that autobiographical I mean, kind of feel to it? Yeah. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I'm like reading it. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> Queen's seen them crystal clear together. They learned to earn their gold with sight like ancient Israelite seers overcoming fear. So it's like he was lost. He met her. They partnered up. And now they're collectively moving towards the power of gold and, you know, and all that. But I also thought it had to do with, I don't know. Anyways, I'll oh, what you did you think? What did you like, think? Like, I thought it kind of had to do with like loving Christ and God and like that kind of like spiritual wealth like you were saying but I think it also you know it definitely ties into like hmm, yeah I think it's also like he's questioning like his own worth and like is if he's maybe like as worthy as gold um and like sort of like what you know and she t talks about like does, does doing what she can to like leave behind sort of like a legacy for her her grandkids like she's kind of seeing like the, like that sort of future like she wants to leave something that's worthy for her grandkids to be like respecting her like it's not necessarily like mm, a, a, so maybe a the power sense. of gold is your offspring because he does kind of make it sound like in yeah, his maybe verse that's it. that 
through having kids he gained focus and you hear that a lot i have a lot of people telling me i need to breed and then i'll discover the power i need to unlock the next level of my life and that i'm holding myself back by not having kids now i'm not the one anyone has to convince for me to have children just throwing it out there i'm not the one people need to convince it does take a lady to be willing to give up what she needs to give up to do it and that's a whole other conversation yeah um but Callie Greens does the second verse, and I don't think I've heard of Ellie Woodsgold or Callie Greens, which I guess is to my detriment, but she starts off with, you can keep the paper and save the trees. I want the sweet nectar from those honeybees. And I don't know if you can see it. Oh, uh, no, you can't. I was going to try and show it to you, but when we got the file, there's just this emoji of a honeybee. And I was like, is so, that it's part very of cute. the song? It's, very, it's cute. very cute. And then she comes in and it's just so nice. Like, you can cape the paper and save the trees, you know? Like, I don't need that. Just give me this natural honeybee sugar stuff. And I'm like, it's so nice because... Natural, pure. But it's... And that's gold. To nature. Mm-hmm. Now, it might sound kind of whatever, but you have the guy... You have, like, the man coming through with all this stuff, and, like, the first thing the woman says in the verse is, I want the sweet nectar from those honeybees. And I'm like, I would Honey never... is delicious. I would never have thought to even come up with a line of, like, that. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a nice other side to have here. Mm-hmm. And kudos to California Ghost King for putting a female MC on the, on the album like that. It's only, yeah. like, really featured artist. I respect that shit. That's important to me. Um, don't contend with my content get gold with king no nonsense you know it's like we're gonna build we're gonna accomplish um and then you know yahweh got dough the records trying to outbid but we done not with the auction off our tidbits of a higher lift witness our planet's orbit little hoes silly rabbits rapping in corsets farming slave harvested carrots while wicked world eyes follow the fake breastuses i'm taking my inheritance serving god is echoed you know, and it's just kind of the sense that we have this integrity. We're moving forward towards the path of whatever, while other people are kind of following in, I guess, for lack of a better term, the wicked ways of the world. And it's interesting to hear the female perspective on this because it has basically been the dude's point of view like the whole way through. And she's bringing up stuff that, I don't know, had California Ghost King said it, I w- it would have come off a different way yep. than having, say, a lady talk about, yo, the world's following these women with fake breasts and shit, whereas us real women is out here grinding. And I think that's the kind of stuff that the point is better made by having a lady come through and show that there's more to it even than just what we've seen. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, loving Christ Yahweh and my little brother Matthew was the message I want to convey today. Broke is your destiny if you disobey. And essentially, you get to this, like, you know, love God, put humble yourself out, live for, like, greater than yourself. You know, a lot of the core tenets of yeah. a good, spiritual, healthy life. But I love the idea of how she wants to create generational wealth for, like, her grandchildren and her great-grandkids. And I think more of us should be thinking like that because so many of us are thinking so immediate that, like, if you look at the Jews, a lot of Jews suffered in their 20s to create generational wealth that really let the Jews take over in today's world. Maybe there's other groups that can study that tactic and apply that same terms to take over culturally speaking in well, the future I mean, that's exactly like i mean the same sort of thing jay-z's head so mm. it's been said before very publicly so i thought this was a cool song um it was softer nicer i gave it another 4.25 i enjoyed it um 
I have to say that you can feel a teensy experience gap of the rhyming of California Ghost King compared against Callie Greens. Not that she's bad by any means, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's more experienced and can do more with the flow than she brought to the table on this verse, but her content was equal to his, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she definitely had, like, um, a nice, very nice flow, and she, you know, she talks about that she doesn't kind of fit in any box, and I think that that's kind of interesting, you know, she she tries to be her own individual and not necessarily follow what's the cool thing, and I always appreciate when people are weird. Um, I did like the, um, you know, the start with uh, On Man Black and, like, him, his sort of, like, Jamaican reggae kind of sounding influence, um, and, you know, and he also shouted out in, like, uh, Montreal, and, I, you know, that's always fun to hear. Uh, I get excited because we don't really hear that very often, so it's fun to hear that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing really too crazy to say uh, that we already haven't mentioned. I, I thought it was a cool beat. It's smooth, and um, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the flow. I think that um, the Callie Greens, uh, she sounds a little bit like um, like maybe she's at near the beginning of her career, which is cool. And I think that she really um, can impress us, I think, but it, it just wasn't quite there yet. But I think that we, you know, if we keep an eye on what she has to um, to give us in terms of her art, artistic uh, works, I think it's going to get, uh, I, think, I think she's she's going to be somebody to keep an eye on. So um, I like this one. I gave it a 4.35. I thought it was nice. All right. So there's one more on this project. It's a big one. What's it called, Bonnie? Qualities of a Ruler. Cool. 17 minutes and 41 seconds damn so it starts off with a sample from i don't even know if it's a sample i think it's the entire track of watts profits funny how things can change which is funny how things can change and then it kind of evolves into dropping a certain word and then evolving that n-word into a gun and then using the kind of just evolving it and honestly it's brilliant it's a brilliant little poem where it repeats the same line subtly changing it to evolve it and it's really charged it's off of the album the black voices on the streets in watts and i like that it's sort of like acapella and you can hear him like playing the drums or somebody playing the drums and i like that it was just a little bit live and raw sounding and then um the track like kicks in and it's got like a good i think banger energy to it Mm. um this one i think could be like a fucking hit as far as you were describing Uh, maybe not with the outro attached like if you cut off the outro but uh with that little intro bit it flows into the cook of this song so it's almost letting you know the source or inspiring of it and then he goes hip-hop started off in the west i know a lot of y'all gonna contest but and i'm like yeah i know a lot of people that would contest that i don't know about where hip-hop started off I'm not the one qualified to make that answer. Right. But that's the first time I've heard somebody say it started off in the West ever. <clears throat> so I'd love to know more, California Ghost King. Let's chit chat. Tell me about that. Um, and then he repeats, it's funny how gonna change things. And he kind of repeats it until he goes, I'm a ruler. I, I'm a ruler. Something, pro- profits of a ru- I don't know what he said there. Because we didn't get all the lyrics on this one. Oh, yeah. 
and I had to guess a little bit and I put real effort into transcribing on this one because there were some great lines and I'm like no nah, we can't go all effort for 11 tracks and then drop the ball because I'm lazy so I did it and then he starts off Watts Prophet I'm the new Omdi and Omdi is a guy from the Watts Prophet who I believe set it up so he's kind of tying himself in like I'm representing these guys okay glad I googled um I only found that out because I googled what the sample is, which I'd heard before, and I wanted to know. Uh, I hamlet these hamlets over Hamilton bar- uh, ballads by Anthony while talking intellectually with Anthony Iglarosa. But that's a cool line. I hamlet these hamlets because hamlet is like, I don't really remember what it is. It's a small community. It's like a so I just, small community. But then if you think about like the poem Hamlet and it has another connotation added to it, so it kind of like Hamlet is Hamlet's over Hamilton ballads by Anthony. Anthony Hamilton, I think, is the guy who did the Hamilton thing. I might be wrong about that. Either way, while talking intellectually with Anthony Iglarosa, I don't know who the fuck that is. Nacho cheese. I got a gangbang mentality about morality. Murderous slumber is the normality. Timmy Turner better blasphemy. And I like the fact that he brought up that Timmy Turner thing because it made me think of that um, designer track, Timmy Turner. Which was commenting on white boy shooters, which was like the only sort of conscious thing designer ever did. Um, with the burner, now Turner's got an enslaved master's ass for me, but ta- past tragedies don't shade us from present reality. Uh, formalities are strategies aim claim over the galaxies because these rap buddies are madmen full of vanities and there's no sympathies for these swag junkies. Bars about them being real and not recognizing California ghost king's ruling qualities. So he's intellectually dope spritting that real shit. He's the real hip hop. And the Mother Cats is not. This might be the most 90s hip-hop track we got out of the dude so far. Um, but I like it, man. The swag junkies. Ah, oh, that is what people have turned into. You know, just looking fly, being fresh, this vapid, like, little, like, swag. Like, the fact that software companies use swag as a term to sell their fucking giveaway merch to people to rep their brand should show you where swag is gone. Um, but then people being real but not recognizing real when they see it is problematic. And, uh, I don't know exactly when the chorus kicks in. I just wrote random bars down that I thought were substantial. Uh, spare some change, a nickel, dime, quarter, a nickel every dime, quarter, penny. And I was like, that's funny, because he mentions a bunch of change types that you can get. I really like that. It's funny how they all look one way, and the penny look at me, and the penny look like me, and a penny look like me. Copper tone, a megaphone, but they can't block sun rays like the Teradome, destroy Android and iOS phone. My applications are more powerful, far beyond. So if you look even at the money, the brown money is worth less than the white money. And the silver would be more white. Right. But the brown money's worth less. And I never thought of that. I never even considered that maybe there's racism to the colors and money. But then we have the yes. loony. And the loony's gold. But that's weird, because we're Canada and our money was already colorful. Um, copper tone and omega f- anyway destroy your android and ios phone my applications are more powerful far beyond and like on the one hand i agree android and ios is kind of bad on the other hand i'm into tech and i'll fight all the intellectual folks about how we could use these things as opposed to hating on these things however the government's tracking and spying on us and a bunch of other crap so it's probably bad to have all these phones still i love it i'm a sucker for tech 
uh, there's some money loving atrocity of mediocrity media I see moves the mass of mummies into demonocracy move to bow bow before the shrine of unholy democratic democratic policies so it's in the same way the system's kind of jacked towards this corrupt way of being um, that cause me, me casualties and global catastrophes but you're too worried about paying for those fees at the university studying blind and can't even see uh, but I know the ghost got some underground heads chilling in the academy and that's an interesting point too how many people willingly give up money to universities to be brainwashed into fucking stupidities and i see a lot of university grads and i see the brainwashing impact of it like there's a, a lot of normative culture that goes into being a university graduate and if you don't follow the rules and live that way it's not good the one thing university will do is is train you how to be a proper middle class pleb yep it won't give you the the top level of thinking is i guess where i'm coming from and then, i don't know i like when he's like watts prophet i'm the new i'm day rapping black in a white world for yahweh's sovereignty and then the hip-hop started out the west etc and then the song kind of ends before we go into the long ass outro speech part um what do you what do you think um i mean it's really cool uh it's i liked how he uses like uh, I can't even think of the word. Like he uses a lot of like H words like in one place, and he uses like M words in like another place. I guess it's alliteration, right? And um, I thought that was kind of cool. And he talks about being a ruler. And then at like 4:31, about um, the song essentially changes, and then we get um, we get like horns and like rain sounds and like thorn like storm storm sounds kind of. Um, and then we get the speech, we get the, the whole kind of ending of the song, which is like the majority of it. So I, I just want to say, I give a 4.5 for the song, and then I'm not gonna, the other part, I don't know how to give it a grade. Well, I'll talk about it. Um, so it's like, uh, again, I think it's, this, I think it's the same person uh, that was speaking in the other parts, I think. Um, but he's trying to, he's talking about trying to do good and teach good and wonders why um, people would want to hurt him for making and producing and teaching good. Um, and if somebody tries to stop him or get in the way or whatever, they are the oppressors of good or the opposers of good. Um, and it's, it sounds like it could be a church like but like there's not really anything that's specifically mentioned about god or jesus or any like sort of biblical terms but like you can hear um you know babies kind of crying it sounds kind of like uh in terms of like the acoustics it sounds like it's probably in a church or something like that um and just sort of uh believing in good people coming together and making something and how all people all different people from anywhere in the world and how they can look different from you and they can sound different than you um but they are all israel he calls them all israel like they're all like their hearts are all in the right place like those are all good people they're all um, Zions, I guess, like, right, you know, that's kind of what he's talking about. He's calling of those Zions. Um, and it's sort of just like an interesting sermon that he's kind of giving. Like, and like, this is so much that I, I'm not doing it justice. And it's so much that I don't necessarily I mean, it's understand. like 13, 14 minutes of talking. Yeah. And it, you know, talks about how everybody's sort of the descendants of Noah and, you well, know, kind of like, it's, it's a little bit about, he's confused by, there's divisiveness yeah. between good people 
between people who are on the same team, but uses labels like nationalistic tendencies or religious labels or things like that to almost create divisiveness and separations, and how this is a logical fallacy inherently because through the history of everything, we all kind of stem from the same place. And again, it's not really doing it justice because he takes it from like every angle that you could possibly think of and like ties it in. And it's truly yeah. interesting to listen to. And he's trying to, you know, show them that, you know, no matter what, even if they're, they don't speak the same language as, as him or as whoever, um, you know, he's still trying to teach them. He's trying to, you know, because he understands that they are important. They are part of him. But, I mean, they are, you know, they're the nation of Yahweh and he... He just—he doesn't just—he also says he doesn't discuss particular religions when um, people are killing each other, and he just like how can they be preaching religion and goodness, and then you know be killing each other? And he mentions like Ireland and how the project the Protestants and the Catholics were killing each other, and essentially it's the same core fundamentalities of what they believe, and it's just he's just like flabbergasted that this was happening, and. Um, his focus is is what all religions are supposed to be about goodness and he just kind of talks about that Yahweh is the God of Israel and then it just sort of ends and um, overall I mean I thought it was a cool track it's a bit long for regular listening but the sermon is cool and I like that it's something that you might listen to over and over again and you might just like leave it on I feel like so what I really like about having this little speech here at the end it's like have you ever been on a facebook debate and somebody's like what are your sources mm. and then you're like oh, get the fuck out of here I'm, I'm like fucking got four minutes in my whole break i don't have time to be googling you my sources go fucking do your own research but no instead he gave you one of his sources yo check this out mm. go go google from there Give, here's a little starting point for you <clears throat> It's definitely something that's going to, I think, hopefully inspire people and is going to get people to look into what he's talking about and to to try and figure that out. And it certainly leaves the, the listener with a strong message as to what he believes and what he's trying to inspire people with. Uh, and he's just trying to create goodness in the world. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that that's really like a pure good motivator. And um, like the whole thing was great. Like the, the beginning part was fun. Like the, the middle part was fun. And like the like the sermon part was interesting. So it's not that it was like the, the seven it didn't feel like 17 minutes where sometimes they definitely do when it was it was nice to listen to and it. you listen to a song three times in a row as part of your habit for a review yes. and it takes an hour to get through one song you feel that 17 minutes. it definitely felt like there were significant parts to this um which i thought i'm was not fun. i don't want to say that disrespectfully i meant you could feel this was long but it never got boring right it yeah. didn't get uninteresting I would have chopped it into a skippable track, personally. Mm. That's my point of view. But, but I, I mean, it has great rhymes and great and like a fun beat, and it's just everything was interesting. Each part was good. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was cool. Still, I give the song a four point five, and I'm just kind of discounting that outro because I gave it a four point four. It's an optional listen. Yeah. As far as the actual album goes, because we've finally reached that point. I gave the whole project a 4.43. Like, it is really good. I suppose, like, in the realms of anybody else that's in the mainstream today making music, it's equal quality to what anybody can produce. And in a world where I guess everyone's going to have equal quality, he's as good as any of the lyrical guys. But what stands out is what he's saying. You don't hear a lot of people describing 
that level of depth in their music, in my opinion. There are some guys who do it. Like, I feel like you need a dictionary for black thought. You need a dictionary for a few people. When I say a dictionary, I mean Google. You have to go look shit up. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But it really just felt profound listening to this. Like, I feel like the album really lived up to the name of the project. Like, this is going to be my musical call of Zion. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to give you the research. I'm going to fucking lay down the bars. I'm going to give you a message. And at the end of the day, you're kind of left with, all right, I need to be more aware. Because there is a lot of evils out there trying to brainwash me out of control. Now, maybe I'm a bit the choir he's preaching to on this one in terms of content. But from the other end of it, it's inspiring to me to hear other people spit such like-minded feelings through deep philosophical bars like that. Mm. And I think it's the type of shit that I would herald as one of the nicest projects that I think will end up coming out in 2019. Regardless of who ends up hearing it or whatnot, I don't know how to answer how it'll do. I imagine, unfortunately, I think some people are going to listen to this and not really catch how brilliant a lot of these individual lines are. But it's not just the message. It's just from a rhyming perspective. How many times were you like, that line connects to that line and it connects to that line and it's stupidly dope. He kept giving that kind of feelings too. And I like the fact that, again, you can re-listen to it. And every time you do, it's like you're going to, some other little part's going to pop out at you. And that to me is the best that's that's what's said about the best rap songs i've heard of my life so the fact that i can describe this album with the same kind of language i would use for the classics for what i consider to be the greatest of what i've heard i think this holds up well any grievances i have with the album aren't real grievances there yeah. i don't know if i'm in the mood for the sound of this song as i'm listening to it type shit more than it's good or bad you know like it, it's a solid well-rounded album that i could see how the people watching this channel in general being the more lyrical driven old heads that they tend to be might really appreciate what california ghost springs bringing to the table so yeah that's my thoughts yeah i gave this um a 4.425 on five so at 88.5 percent so i mean i thought it was pretty good it definitely has like that flow of kind of overall different like sounds like I was saying earlier I think it was on the this part um, where it definitely kind of sounds like 60s 70s and can kind of sound 90s and get and yet still very modern at the same time so it definitely has that kind of all-encompassing uh, feel to it and it's definitely about something that is new and it's going to leave you with a lot to think about so I think that that's really cool yeah like Dead Prez did yeah. give us a lot to think about yeah. I think it's one of the last albums we talked about where I felt like it was just that jam packed full of diverse things to think about mm. um, so I guess thank you all for watching yeah. that's the end you can feel free to leave any comments letting us know what you thought about this or anything really let us know what's up are you enjoying your Sunday well it's Sunday as we're recording this it's probably not Sunday when you're watching this um, there's a 1 in 7 chance it's a Sunday when you're watching this mm. um let us know what you think we'll make the effort to answer you feel free to like the video if you did you can subscribe to the channel for more reviews that would be real cool of you um special thanks to the patrons is milga damsey chris prado jonathan barnes dj black hurricane linda williams and connie spice they're dope helped us get a new camera soon to help us get a website and fancy looking sound panels and stuff yeah patreon <laughs> they uh get to tell us what albums to review sometimes so we'll be doing an esham review for mr dj black hurricane real soon yeah um and if you want to tell us what albums to review, that's a good way for you to do it. Otherwise, uh, you can just show your general support and love. Because, yeah, we put time and effort in. 
like like california ghost king put times and effort in time and effort in whatever um so let us know what you think like i said we appreciate everybody being here i make music myself you can check that out on this channel i'm dropping an album soon and it'll be available i can say this now on the 17th on the 17th of this very month and california ghost kings will be on the 30th of this month so we're october album release buddies california ghost king um i don't know if that's relevant but this is my part to plug me so thank y'all have a great day live long bye and guys fucking prosper bitches do what you need to do <laughs>